sassy Little bit crazy, little bit classy We got dreams and we got goals We're just a couple of old sassholes Hello. Hello. This is so much more subdued because we already did it once and the mics weren't on. So that shit happens. Look alive. <laughs> That's right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a couple of Sassholes podcast. I'm Brooklyn Maple. And I am Heather Terry. And this is our time to shine where we talk. talk <laughs> yeah. Where we talk about <laughs> fucked up people doing fucked up shit for fucked up reasons. That's if any right. reasons at all. People are fucking crazy. <laughs> that is true. So my goal was to say fuck. Five times within the first 45 seconds, and I successfully just did it. I think you did. So if you're playing a drinking game called See How Many Times She Says Fuck, you're already blacked out. So push pause and then start over tomorrow. That sounds... That's what... You know what? When you're having a hard day, push pause and start over tomorrow. Follow me. <laughs> For all your life coach needs. Yeah. So she's going to side hustle now on OnlyFans. I, ew. Stop <laughs> well, with you the can OnlyFans. Be a, you can be a life coach on OnlyFans. <laughs> no. You don't have to be dirty or whatever. You don't have to be dirty on OnlyFans? I really don't think everyone Have is... you looked at OnlyFans? No. Okay, I then rooted don't around. speak of it. Don't speak about OnlyFans if you have never been on it. I haven't rooted around there. Yeah, well. I spent um, much time or okay. any time. All right. Well, <laughs> Heather has homework. <laughs> I have never been on OnlyFans. I know. You sound like... I'm over like, here acting like I fucking wrote an article about Like it. your oh, dad shit. owns it or something? Ew. What? Dwayne, Dwayne Maple would never be a part of debauchery like that. <laughs> He's a classy man. Oh, my. My classy little nugs. That's right. What's shaking? What's going on over there, little What's, lady? What, oh, God. She hates Why? when I say it, so I say it more. I don't know. Travis calls me little lady, and I love it. And so now well, I'm glad now that you do. That's good for you guys. That's a you thing. I don't understand why. <laughs> you guys could do it. Why don't you like that? I don't, because I'm not a, I don't live on the little house on the prairie. I don't think <laughs> they said that there. Um, if you guys know Heather, if, and as her best friend, she doesn't like most of the things I say, and she points it out regularly. So it's a very fun journey for me, so in which I test my patience on not body slamming her. And then she says every more. Day. Yep. So she also in turn tests my patience right back. I just... <laughs> You literally repeat what people say around you. And Travis says that to me all the time. So I just repeat it now because I'm around him all the time. Just like you repeat things that I say. And I repeat things that you say. It's literally how human nature works. But anyway, exciting news. Kim Cattrall is coming back. Oh, my gosh. I was just talking to Tracy about it. So for anyone who doesn't watch and just like that, you suck. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Which is the reboot, if you will, of Sex in the City. Because we got to watch these gorgeous 30 to 40 year olds hoe their way around New York City for like 20 years. And then now we get to see them hoe their way back through at 55 years old. Yes. Gotta love it. And they look like only five years older. Mm, they aged very well. Yeah, they did. Yeah. they told, And they're older than that anyway. Like mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they're playing like 50 something year olds and they're like 58, like at the, the end area of that. Mm -hmm. Anywho. <laughs> So Samantha Jones wasn't on it. Now everyone's saying that she's coming back. But I was talking to Tracy and she was like, I think that because I just saw the preview of the show, mm -hmm. she's not in it at all. And Tracy was like, I think she had a phone call with oh. Samantha. It's not her in it because Kim Cattrall and SJP do not get along is because yeah. Kim Cattrall was pissed that she didn't get paid as much as SJP, which is stupid because it's based off of a book and the book was written with a narrator being Carrie. Oh. So at the end of the day, why you're shitty over not making more money than what it, the book was written with a main character. 
You were always a supporting actress. Don't mm-hmm. get shitty that you're getting supporting actress money, honey. <laughs> yeah, but I read that she was going to just do a cameo, so I don't, I think you're a right. A cameo could literally be her voice on a fucking phone. Or and then that means FaceTime. that they don't have to talk to each other. Maybe it's just FaceTime and they didn't, they recorded them. So yeah. Please. We will see. Because I will be tuning in on June 22nd. That's right. When it comes out. Where are you going to watch it? Not at our apartment. Yeah. Because I want to get it. All right. Heather's acting like it's okay. Look, look and listen, people. (laughs) The thing is, is now I have a beautiful family and Heather has a beautiful family. And that means that we just don't get to watch true crime shit on the couch at 10 a.m. on Saturdays because we were hung over from partying the night before. (laughs) Or she doesn't just come over after work and we take over the downstairs and watch movies. And I'm just saying that Mm -hmm. we should get an apartment so that we can go and enjoy these things without our families. And watch TV when we want to, how we want to. And I don't know why it's a big deal. <laughs> I don't, A, I don't understand why it sounds lesbian to you. <laughs> you couldn't even say that to me just now with a straight face. Well, you're acting like it's because I want to do the sex. <laughs> and that we have a, a love apartment. A little sex you love apartment. Like a love nest. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I, I decorate in all hearts. I t- <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, what's this swing doing? <laughs> I, <laughs> no, but it just, it sounds a little suspect. Yeah, of course it Outside does. looking in, but if we, co- well, I was like, maybe just like a clubhouse, that sounds worse. So that sounds like we have Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah, I do. You do. That I is do. true. That mm-hmm. is true. I do. Um, so. I know. I would just like a location where I can watch TV freely. I told you. Anytime you, can, you are more than welcome to come over anytime. Will is See, always Heather ready to. See, says that, but I cannot stand her dog. Yeah. And it is what it is. Even whenever I was there overnight and I tried, she keeps my blood pressure just too high. Like yeah. she truly does. Because yeah. like, I feel like she's going to eat my face. <laughs> and she smells my fear. And it adds to the situation. She's a little aggressive. But... If I was a squid, I would be inking everywhere. <laughs> oh my I would ink your whole house up with my fear. <laughs> You would ink. Oh my God. You made me ink. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it would be like. That's what Trixie Cat does to me. Just constant fear. It is what it is though. But one day maybe we'll just have a a little. Have a what? A little love. (laughs) (laughs) A a second house. A A second apartment. I mean, we're definitely going to have one. And like our goal is to have one, but it would be like a lake house. It's like, like, let's drive an hour and a half away so we can watch TV. (laughs) Shit. Like I said. Come over. I'll have Will take the dog on a walk or something. Okay. True crime is allowed in Terrytown anytime. It's allowed in my home too. They just find it weird. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm not going to get the exciting thing. Like whenever you're in the house and you're in another room and you hear Will listening to Dateline or ID channel. But listen, I got corrected this morning when I called him out. When I heard the ID channel, I went to bed and I heard it. They say investigate or whatever at the beginning. Oh my God. That was, that just got me excited. I want to see it again. And uh, but he watches Joe Kenda, and I hate Joe Kenda. So oh, he watched. Why do you that. hate him? His voice, uh, his, his voice makes me sleepy. His voice, his face puts my me to sleep. I get and that. His voice is very monotoned, and mine is you know, delightful. Yeah, I get. Okay, no, no it's definitely not. <laughs> Other fun facts: Should we talk about eighty-five-year-old men having babies? Oh God, why? Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Why? Why? So Robert De Niro. Don't get me wrong. He definitely looks old, but I could still probably get down. You would sleep with Robert De Niro. Uh, I, I'm not saying I'm committing to that. Like, I'm not saying yes, indeed, I would sleep with an 88 year old man. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just thinking, but I'm just oh. saying if, now if you put OK, gun to my head, Al Pacino or Robert De Niro, I'm hopping on Robert De Niro. Oh, in two Robert seconds. De Niro. Al Pacino 
Looks like his face is melting off. It does. It looks like a dollar store candle you left in a window and, and forgot about. And literally like uh, fucking Trump's spray tan queen came over there and sprayed his face <laughs> while it was happening. Like just spray atrocious. Tan queen. And then, okay, so I'm 35 and I had made an agreement with myself many a moons ago when I was like 24. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, based off of studies, I'm not going to have a kid over the age of 34. It's going to be too hard to get pregnant. My body won't bounce back. My eggs are kind of stale. And there's a good chance that the, the child might come out with a deficiency. Okay. So I made that agreement mm-hmm. and I stuck to it. What the fuck is happening here, guys? You're over here with your fucking curdled milk, shooting it all up into places, trying Ew. to make new babies. You're nasty. Like, first of all, the balls have to be by the kneecaps. There's no way that gravity has not taken its toll. If that's what his face looks like, think about what his nuts look like. It's Ew. like hitting the back of your knee. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> You're welcome. Ew. You're welcome. <laughs> like walnuts and tube sock. Ugh. Anyway, and then it doesn't just dust come out. It just goes like how I'm like amazed that they're fertile. To how? be honest, I feel like that's a scam. That baby's going to come out Asian or something. Like, I feel like it's the a babies scam. have already. Well, Robert De Niro's baby already can't, is is out. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely their children. And then they, they would be take them to the nursing home where they live. Like, I, I don't know, man. Because they're not going to see him graduate pre-K. They have a million bajillion dollars. I like, guess. I'd be pretty okay if. I didn't know my dad because, you know, my mom's going to remarry in 10 minutes <laughs> after that dude kills over. I'm going to take that dough and fucking find me someone my age. We all know she's just putting in the work, putting in the time, per- putting in the effort so she's she can get promoted. Anna Nicoling. Yeah. And sealing the deal with a baby. I can't. That's the best a- way to seal the deal, everyone. We all know that. We've oh seen that God. from all those successful marriages out there. If you have oh a baby, it fixes everything. Speaking of successful marriages, maybe we should dive in. What do you say? Oh, on our story? Mm-hmm. Okay, That's so... That's a good segue. Look and listen. We have this awesome producer. We've talked about him before, our little Jordy Bear. And he was like, hey, you know what would be cool? And we were like, what, Jordan? What would be cool? And he was like, I think it would be cool if you guys did a story where it was just one story and one person covered a portion and then, like, we did a joint story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were like, sure. And then... We had Memorial Day weekend, forgot that we put it on the fucking calendar. (laughs) Or maybe I did. I don't know. For someone who's so meticulous about things, the one thing that literally falls out of my head is our podcast shit, like the research. (laughs) I'm over here, asshole puckered. You got her done. Looking like a cat asterisk, scared, but I got it done. Cat asterisk. (laughs) I'm just saying. So today, we're going to do this. And it's me and Heather. Heather's going to start. Mama's going to (laughs) finish. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty thrilled. You're pretty thrilled to go? Yeah. Let's talk about the story. Let's talk about it. Are What's you ready her name? For this? Her name is Candy. Montgomery. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Oh, mm. that wasn't even planned. Let's, do it. Let's talk about our 18-page work cited. Yes. So my sources, grunge.com. Then I watched the miniseries Candy on Hulu, which that's loosely based, but it was good. So I watched it again. <laughs> they churched that shit up. Jessica Biel, you were awesome. Queen. Love and Death on HBO Max. Well, it's just called Max now because they bought everything. But anyway, Love and Death with the other Olsen. Oh, yeah. The, the other, other Olsen. Uh, what, what on our the name? one that didn't do 10 billion gallons of blow in cigarettes. <laughs> Because we all know that they're just skeletons look, with fucking skin pulled like white, over them. White raisins. God. And then TexasInsider.com, all that's interesting.com, Wikipedia, and then an episode of the podcast, Till Death Do Us Part. So to get it out of the right way, I'm going to say mine. I have SportsKeeda.com, The Crime Wire, Screen Rant, A&E, Crime Library, and then Texas Monthly. Look at you go. 
I'm going to post up here. I'm going to sit, kick my feet up, drink my iced coffee. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Serenade me with the story of murder. (laughs) I will definitely serenade you. Candace Lynn Montgomery was born on November 15th, 1949. Now, I couldn't find a ton on her childhood other than her dad was a well-respected in the Army, so she was an Army brat and moved around a ton. But that's everything that I read. Then Candy met Pat Montgomery when she was only 18 years old in El Paso, Texas. Pat was an engineer, and he proposed to her two months after meeting her in the 70s. That's cute. I waited almost three years. But it feels good. Feels good. Two months. Okay. Two months. That's too fast. Success. Successful marriages. Clearly, this, spoiler alert, is not a successful one. Valid. <laughs> in 1973, they had a daughter named Jenny, and then a year later, Candy gave birth to their son, Ian. Pat made enough money, so she actually quit her job as a secretary at Texas Instruments to be a stay-at-home mom full-time. Now, do you remember the... Do calcu- you remember? I knew that was coming. Okay, sorry, what? The calculators that we had to have in school, the Texas Instrument. Yeah, so she worked for a pretty big place. Thanks for reminding me that that's what it is. I figured you'd still have one somewhere. You just No, but the kids do. The kids? The kids. The kids these days. Their life was pretty tame, and then they moved to Collin County, Texas, right outside of Dallas in 77. They soon joined the Methodist Church of Lucas, where Candy went full, like, BBS super mom on their asses, like, dove headfirst into the church. She told him that she didn't mind being a stay-at-home mom or a housewife or anything, but she told all of her church lady friends that she was super bored and she was kind of going crazy, like with being a stay-at-home mom. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but she told her husband, like, oh, we're good. This is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's absolutely Everything, okay. Everything's fine, I promise. <laughs> Jesus loves us. <laughs> this is what he wants. He is risen. You know I have to work that into every episode. <laughs> yep. She threw herself into church, and it became her main focus outside the home. They soon met and befriended Alan and Betty Gore, and they became, like, best friends. Alan was also an engineer, like her husband Pat, and Candy and Betty were the same age, and their daughters were friends, so it seemed kind of like a perfect fit. So in the movie with Jessica Beale or the series, or whatever... They show that they don't become friends until after she already starts. Ha- I'm going to talk because it's okay. we're just going to assume that people know the story. Yeah. If um, you, if, yeah. yeah they Before do. they had the affair in real life, though, they were actually friends because that sucks so much more. Yeah, they were. Yes. Wow. This whole time I was like, OK, she has a psychological issue. She decided to befriend him after she started the affair. But the fact that they were actually friends. Fucking yeah. A. Well, surface friend. Like, yeah. OK. So here's some background on the gores. Alan and Betty met in college in the fall of 1968 at Southwestern College in Winfield, Kansas, close to where they both grew up. Now, I couldn't find a ton on Betty's upbringing either, but, you know, women were irrelevant back then, so. And sometimes still today. Right, I know. (laughs) Alan was a senior there and a teacher's assistant in Betty's freshman math class. They said they locked eyes and, and they liked each other, but Alan, he was 21 then, and he was too chicken shit to talk to her first. Betty was 18 and apparently beautiful, took it upon herself to make a move and asked for special math tutoring from Alan. Doesn't that sound like a dirty, filthy movie? Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I would not say mm, if you saw him. But anyway, it didn't take long for the two to fall for each other. And Betty was his first serious girlfriend that he'd ever had. Well, he was what, 21? Uh-huh. I would guess. Yeah. I mean, we can quote unquote those weirdos that fucking date people all throughout high school, except for if any of our listeners did that, in which that's not weird. Yeah. Because I didn't do it. Doesn't oh. mean it's not weird. No. <laughs> 
when Betty brought him home to meet her friends and family, they were like, um, really? <laughs> they said she was super pretty, smart, funny, and outgoing, and Alan was like a super nerd. They said he was skinny and small and plain and also awkward and shy. Basically, they were like, talking to him was painful. That's a really brutal description. Oh, my gosh. Like, they basically were like, why are you with him? This is dumb. I just looked him up. What's your review? Definitely bland spaghetti dinner. <laughs> sex after Dateline only on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Scheduled 9 yes. to 9 7. And it's probably like where he goes, uh. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Like, like that, that video of the turtle fucking a shoe. Yes. <laughs> Just like that. Uh. Okay. Do you want me to do it again? No. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> but never I can't lie. Again. Betty is not that much of a looker either. Yeah, well, they thought otherwise, and they thought more highly of her back then. So she adored him, though, and she didn't really care. On May 16th of 1969, a few days after he got his degree in business and math, he proposed, and she was super pumped. January 25th, 1970, they got married. Alan went to get his master's degree, and Betty transferred to Kansas State University so they could both go to school there. Alan switched his focus to computer analysis because he was bored with statistics, but either one of those sounds fucking poor. Good for you if you do it. I that either we one can of be them. riveting. I'm sure. Yeah, to each their own. To me, no. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn's like a freak in the Excel sheet. So like, oh, I am none of that. Yeah. Heather says that, and I'm like, no. For yeah. people who actually do it, no, I'm not a freak. I am very missionary myself. <laughs> I can barely world. open it up on my computer. So. Well, that's not comparing me to being. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think very highly of you on the Excel scale. You shouldn't, but I love you. Okay. Keep going. I, you know what? I think I will. (laughs) (laughs) Alan got a job where he had to travel a ton for work and they moved around a lot for a few years. Like he would be gone for weeks at a time and he even had to go to Switzerland for six weeks and shit like that. So it's not like he just went like a town over for a minute. Wow. And not saying it's okay for her to do, of course, but Betty admittedly had an affair when they lived in New Mexico. And then Alan was like, what? he forgave her. Yeah, she was like at home and he wasn't around. So she got her a little sad action. Mm-hmm. Betty, naughty, <laughs> naughty girl. <laughs> she got extra math tutoring. Betty ended up getting a degree in teaching and they decided to settle in Plano, Texas. Now... Betty could only find work as a substitute from 73 to 74. And I'm just saying, I'm not sub-shaming. I'm just saying that because she was pretty upset about it. In 73, she found out she was pregnant with her first daughter and it was super rough. And she fell into like a really deep depression. She had postpartum Mm -hmm. before they knew what postpartum was. Yes. She ended up getting hired as a second grade teacher in the elementary school there. So outside looking in, you would think that they were really happy. Like they both had jobs, a kid, a nice house, a church. But Betty was still depressed and she was literally miserable. Betty hated her job and Alan was gone all the time. So she was just home with this crime baby like quite a bit. And so she just fell, kept on worse. They did a good job on the Hulu movie, like explaining that because whenever I watch or the series, I keep saying movie, but whenever we watch that, Mm -hmm. I didn't really get her issue. And I think it's because I've never been a stay at home mom. Yeah. I've never had the luxury, if you will, of not working but then I've never had babies where you want to like rip your hair out. I don't. Th- I, that's a job. But she I seemed could, that's terrible. A job I could never do. They didn't. Like, they made Betty look it, like a paranoid, depressed, crazy lady. And I'll get into that in a second. But she, she did have a lot of psychological issues that went unchecked. Yes. Mm. 
So Alan started throwing himself into things outside of the home besides work. So he started getting on committees. Like Candy's pussy. Oh, my God. I mean, (laughs) sorry. I couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. Helen started getting on committees outside, like in their church and stuff and becoming very involved. He got like elected into respected positions at their church and he was gone most nights during the week. So in 74, Betty was officially diagnosed with what they called heavy child syndrome, which is now known as postpartum. But when I heard that at first, I was like, so she was like thick as a kid and she's like carrying that guilt and she's oh, I didn't understand it, but now I get what it is. Heather automatically goes to the weight. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, I was like, I have heavy child syndrome. (laughs) I think it's the, like, the weight of emotional weight. Yeah, the emotional weight. I know, but in my head, I'm like, oh, she was a thick kid like I was. (laughs) In the summer of 1975, Betty was, quote, not asked to return to her her teaching job at the elementary school. They said no one liked her and she was super duper strict. The parents didn't like her. The teachers didn't like her. And I mean, she had an untreated mental illness. So I'm sure it bled over into her. I mean, a hundred percent. Like you're with kids all day. Then you come home when you're with kids again. Like that's a lot. She finally got hired on as a sixth grade teacher in Wiley, Texas, two years later. So 1977, Alan requested, he was like, okay, I need to be home a little bit more. He requested to work exclusively out of their Dallas office. And then they moved to Wiley and they were like, look, this is a fresh start for us. They got a new church, Methodist Church of Lucas, one town over, and they thought things were going up. Alan did say the one thing that was missing from was their sex life spontaneity. He called it mechanical and planned because he was trying, like, she wanted to be knocked up. Oh. So it was very, <laughs> y'all, you haven't seen the HBO one, right? The Love and Death? No, but oh, I want to really bad. They, it's really good. I'm, can I spoil alert one? Yeah, part? go for okay, it. Good. I mean, I already know the story literally inside and out. That's so true. I don't think anything's going to okay, be shocked. So they do a really weird sex scene where it's very mechanical and very missionary. And she tells him, she goes, okay, right there, squirt. Stop your face. I swear. It Stop is your face. So, Turn like, the mics off. Let's leave. I cannot cope with that. I cannot cope. I wish you could have seen the look on Will's face. when He goes, what the fuck? Right. Um, it, makes she, me, it makes me think of the sex scene of Candy and homeboy Alan in the Hulu special where they're like in front of the mirror and uh-huh. it's just like she's silent. Yeah, I'm so like, whoa, weird. I get being quiet because there's kids in the other room, but silence in a hotel room, you're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> in and a squirt motel. Right there. In a motel. But yeah, she literally yells at him and says, squirt. And it is so, you're going to die. You're going to die. Oh my God, I can't, can't wait. Oh yeah, it's very funny and disturbing. <laughs> like I still, I'm still scarred from it. Yeah, no. Apparently all their planned missionary worked because in July of 1979, they had a daughter and they thought it was going to make things better, but n- announcement, it made their marriage worse. PSA guys, it usually doesn't help. Right? So that's their background. I'll flash forward to them at church again. They're best friends with Candy and Pat Montgomery. They're trying to work on their marriage, make new friends, all that stuff. The Bible school superstar church lady, Candy, takes meets Betty, takes her under her wing, takes her into like her circle of church Stepford hags, I guess, and like best friends with her. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Alan is unhappy with his home life and Candy's bored with hers. So one night during a church volleyball game, Candy and Alan literally crash into each other. On the court, Candy falls. He goes to help her out. And then the next night, she tells her friend, he smelled sexy. Alan smelled sexy. So his pheromones hit her in the right spot. They they did. They did. Mm-hmm. 
Candy, she starts talking to her a couple of the church friends, and she's like, yeah, I think I want to cheat on my husband with Alan. And they're like, with Alan? And she's like, yeah. I, with. So I looked up both of them, and mm-hmm. okay. What are your thoughts about the looks? None of them are going to ring my bell, if you will. But I, I think that Pat is more attractive. Yes, her husband. 100%. And that's the other thing. I'll never understand cheating with someone who's less attractive. Yeah, or it all just leave. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. But like, if you're yeah. gonna go, if I if I am eating a delicious pizza, why am I gonna be like, you know what? I don't want this delicious pizza anymore. I'm gonna go grab this piece out of the dumpster. So get it out of a rat's mouth in New York City, and it's God. Little Caesars. It's uh, like your worst nightmare. People fucking suck. Yeah, they do. Alan and Candy begin flirting at church events, and you know that had to be super scandalous because church (laughs) like two married people flirting openly at church and keep in mind that this is betty thinks that's her best friend that's part why she doesn't think they're flirting that part blows probably like you could you can get away with saying shit to travis that other people can't get away with saying yeah but same thing with me and will even though i literally speak to him like my brother yeah because y'all are siblings one night after choir practice candy gets into alan's car in the parking lot and she's like hey i'm attracted to you and i've i can't stop thinking about it and then he doesn't get a chance to say anything and she just gets out. So it's just like she the Hulu movie. I love literally it. farts in the elevator and walks away and gets off on floor five. And Not really. She did exactly what she wanted. She, she didn't let him answer. She didn't let him yeah. deny it. She didn't do anything. She made him think and wonder and think about her yeah, all night. Little shit. One week later, they had a church event. They stayed after to clean up. And then Alan walked her out and got into her car. And she straight up asked him like, OK, I think we should start an affair. What do you think? Alan's like, uh, I don't know if I can. She cheated on me and it tore me up and I don't want to hurt her like that. Plus, she just got pregnant. And this was obviously before the second child was born. But like he's a, it sounded like from everything I read that he was he would have said yes immediately. But she was pregnant. And he felt, quote unquote, guilty. Oh, you only feel guilty mm-hmm. because your love child is inside of her. That's how I took it anyway. And Candy's like, oh, 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 I'm just throwing that out there. But I obviously don't want to hurt my marriage or yours. And then Alan freaking kisses her, looks at her and walks out like he just runs out of the car. He just scurries away. Weirdos. Mm -hmm. This is so weird. I know. So much weirdness. I wonder if all their sex is shitty and lame. (laughs) We're going to have to call this episode squirt because I can't. I still can't. I cannot. (laughs) I will never. I I will. I will cancel the podcast (laughs) before we call this squirt. No, it's so. Because that's disgusting. Wait till. Oh, it's gross. I know. Well, I'd rather epi- watch it. I can't. We I'm cannot. Gonna, I'm gonna, it's not brand. I'm going to Snapchat you that. Like, I'm just that scene. Tonight. Can't wait. Okay, yeah. Oh, no, because we'll probably will break the TV if I play it again now. A few weeks go by, and Alan calls Candy on her 29th birthday and is like, hey, we should, like, go get lunch and talk about our conversation. They meet up in an auto repair shop in a neighboring town, and they went to have lunch and discuss this. They both agreed that they didn't want to hurt their spouses, blah, blah, and they still wanted to talk about it some more. They planned it out for weeks, weighing options, planning every little detail, and Candy is apparently like your ass because she is a planner. She made rules. She made a pros and cons list. Like even it's the invi- only way to do it. And even invited him over to her house while her husband was at work. And she put two pieces of paper on the wall and wrote out pros and cons lists or whys and why nots. That's what they called them. And like discussed all of it. And then Alan called one day a few days later and was like, uh, yeah, we should definitely do this. I mean, if you're going to do it, you, you got to think about it. But like, that's almost the degree that you would have to do to have an affair now because of technology. 
Yeah. Like if you were going to have an affair, you better have a wise and why, why not? You better have some rules, some regulations. You better start <laughs> figuring out how the fuck you're going to hide that shit on your phone. Yeah. Like it is not shocking. Like, like that's why? almost what you need to be doing now. Not in the fucking seventies and eighties when yeah. you just had a home, a landline. Like why is pizza hut sending you a dick pic like on your phone? <laughs> like right. You save the number as that. They made an agreement that they were like, okay, well, it'll just be physical. No emotions. If either one of us start to get emotional, well, we can call it off at any time. As they all say. Mm-hmm. They started meeting up at the Como Motel. And after about their fourth little rendezvous, Candy's like, um, this is it. She had it built up in her head a lot better than what it was. The sex or the, yes. the badness of doing it? Like- I think all of it. Yeah. What I gathered, it was all of it, but it literally, she kind of was like, oh, I thought you were going to be better. Sexually? Uh-huh. I'm just going to keep confirming yes. that she was like, your sex is shit. This is my fourth time. I think she told her friend that. I don't think that she actually told him that. I think she told that little church she friend. She understood. It's like three strikes are out. Can't figure it out by the third time. Next batter. <laughs> Who's but on I- dick? <laughs> Did you say next batter? Yes. At the church picnic, slinging her cat around. Well, she obviously was. Step right up. <laughs> I mean, you. in my opinion, I've, when you Googled him, would you just look at him and think he's going to be like this? Like, No, I wouldn't look at her or her husband and think that they're a good lay in any way, shape, or form. Okay. I also wouldn't look at her. Uh, Candy looks like she could be a, sedu- a seductress. The other one is like, hmm. <laughs> mm. But she, okay, so Candy's like, ugh, kind of blah, but she apparently was okay with it. She was also worried that she was starting to catch feelings. And then they became like best friends, her and Alan. So obviously it was more than sex now. They started getting each other presents and like calling each other and just talking more than the physical part, which that was not on their role list. In February of 1979, Candy was like, oh, this is too much. But they, of course, didn't stop because in June... Alan was like, okay, we really got to call this off. I got to be there for Betty because she's in the last few months of her pregnancy. How noble. So he was banging her the whole time during the pregnancy. Uh Uh-huh. A few weeks later, Candy has a surprise baby shower for Betty Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. while she's fucking her hut. So she was or they weren't? They stopped. No, they kept saying they should, but they did not. And then she had the baby in early July. Alan and Candy started hooking up again a few weeks after the baby was born. But then he started to feel guilty again. But this was also the first time in like eight months he started to actually give a shit. He said he cared, but he kept doing it. Alan and Betty went away to visit her family in Kansas for a few days. Alan had already had a scheduled meeting with Candy and he called her in front of Betty indirectly saying he couldn't go. So he called his mistress right in front of his wife saying he couldn't go. Betty was staring at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Because he said at this point it was like way too long of a conversation. And it was very suspicious the way they were talking to each other and giggling. And like it was too much. Like if I called your phone and Travis answered, I would talk to him for like five minutes. You know what I mean? Like five minutes max. Max. If you guys had something to talk about. But like, you know, this was was coming out from upstairs or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This was like way, way too much. And keep in mind, Betty was suffering from postpartum again during all this. So she's already like already on the edge anyway. Alan and Candy went to meet up again. And Alan was like, I can't do this anymore. And Candy got pissed off. And she's like, wait, but I love you. And Alan was like, well, I think we're too close. And I don't think I love my wife anymore. Oh, son of a beasting, guys. Of course, they still saw each other a few more times. And Alan's like, 
Betty wants to go to a marriage retreat called Marriage Encounters. So Betty's like, I think we should go to this um, religious retreat. That's, so we can figure it out. Yes. But I, doesn't that sound familiar? Marriage Encounters? Yeah. Because do you know who else went? Who? Betty and Dan Broderick. I knew it. I was uh-huh. like, why do I know everything about that? Yeah, that's why. So it sounds like it's not got a great track record. No. <laughs> at the end of the day, someone's murdering somebody. Yeah, I know. Always the female, too. Yep. <laughs> October 1979, when they got back, Alan finally told Candy, like, look, I got to focus on my marriage, blah, blah, all that bullshit. But they said that he wouldn't come out and say he was breaking it off. He just says he really needs to focus on his marriage. So he literally so he still didn't he wouldn't come out and say it. Yeah, they met didn't. again the yeah. next day and Candy Candy was like, Okay, I guess we shouldn't we shouldn't do this and we can't meet up anymore. Okay, so we finally are putting a line on the sand. Yes. Okay. Candy and Pat went to marriage encounter. Because, you know, spoiler alert, I don't think all they're praying about their intimacy or whatever they do, like, didn't work on Candy. I think she just went because, you know, Pat wanted, like, Alan was trying to work on his marriage, so she was trying to focus on hers, too, but it didn't take. The summer of 1989, both married couples decided to go on with their lives and work on their own marriage, and they were all still friends, which is super fucking weird to me. That after all that, they were still like couple well, friends. They don't, the other two people don't know. And the best way to keep it from. Yeah. See, Pat, Pat was clueless, of course. Right. And my, like, I think that Betty had suspicions the whole time. I think she still did, but she just wanted to hold everything together. I will have evidence as to why <gasps> that's a new. Yes. And then keep in mind, their daughters were still super close too. So Betty's daughter spent a ton of time at Candy and Pat's house. On June 13th in 1980, Alan left for a business trip uh, for Minnesota. And Betty was, of course, like, please don't go and giving him the guilt trip like she always does. But he had to leave because it was his job requirement. Indeed, it was. So Candy ends up going over to Betty's house to pick up her older daughter's, Betty's older daughter's swimsuit since she was staying at the Montgomery home for a sleepover. When she arrived there, Betty had questioned her about her affair with Alan. So they say Candy testified that instead of denying it, she came clean and assured Betty that they had called it off a long time ago. So she was like, hey, we're yeah, that happened. And it did happen. We're done. You are right. But we stopped a long time ago, which was not really a long time ago. Yeah. Imagine, though, that confirmation must have been a fucking bitch hearing that the good Christian friend of yours was indeed fucking your husband. Yeah, no. For months Mm-mm. and then also threw you a fucking baby shower. Yeah. I swear if that should happen to me, that crime of passion would. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And yes. Yeah. Damn. So Candy says that Betty was pissed and decides to attack her with an axe that she had gotten from the garage. Apparently, once this happened, the two had an intense back and forth tussle with that with the axe. The interesting thing about an axe is that, yes, it is sharp, of course, but. It does require the need to have an action, like a backward action, yeah, like swinging to cause actual pain. Yeah. Just like a hammer, you fight over a hammer, it's no big issue. It's not a hammer until they beat you with it. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, you could cut yourself grabbing an axe, but like that's not how it wasn't a knife. Yeah. It was an axe. Mm-hmm. So they go through this tussle, yeah. if you will. And Candy ends up getting hit in the head and her left foot's middle toe. Pretty, pretty bad. Pretty severely. Yeah. At some point, Candy does get control as she and ends up striking Betty in a supposed attempt to defend herself. Then she continues to hit her friend 41 times with brute force. 28 of those strikes were aimed for her head. Yeah, that's not self-defense. 
hit her once, knock her down and run. Or not hit her at all. You have the axe. Or that Get the fuck out. Yeah. That's one of the things we'll talk about too, like later on. But it ends up ripping her face and chest in such a way that when her body is found, they actually believe she was shot in the face. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's awful. Indeed. (sighs) So in her frazzled state, Candy attempts to clean herself up. There's evidence that shows that she tried to take a fully clothed shower in their home to remove the blood on her skin and get a little bit of it off of her clothes. Attempts were also made to clean up the blood, but she quickly realized, like, obviously you just chopped a human being up. Yeah, just too much. There's blood splatter all over the room, all over the top. So it was off to like a side, a side room in the house. Yeah. Obviously, she's like, I can't fucking clean this up. Why I'm even trying. She's completely in shock of what just happened. And at the end of the day, her kids are waiting for her and she has to figure out her alibi. Because she had left church and it needs to go back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So while all of this is happening, mm-hmm. Betty's sweet little baby is upstairs crying. Oh, my God. I forgot I say upstairs. That. I read upstairs. Then I also said, like, you could hear the baby from the ground level. It doesn't even look like there is an upstairs of the house, actually. Mm-hmm. But you're going to get contradicting information throughout in well, some we cases. Well, we watched but. dramatizations and based on a true yeah. event. And then we also read stuff. So you, it's fine. Yeah. Things intermingle. There was a baby left at the end of the day. That's yes. It. And she obviously does not care about this child's well-being, of course. No. She just brutally killed her friend. Gosh. And she leaves. She just. So she, she murders times. her friend, jumps in the shower, is soaking wet, mm-hmm. leaves the baby crying. Yeah. Gets in the car. She goes home. Now she's in her house. She's like, well, shit, fuck. Let me figure out some stuff. Yeah. She matches jeans. Um, so she was wearing whatever fade of the eighties, her mom jeans, her mom jeans. She swaps into different clothes, soaks her shirt, throws all of it in the washing machine. Yeah. Trying to get that shit cleaned up. She throws out her shoes, which obviously have to be damaged. I think they were like old Navy fucking those plastic sandals and shit. Yeah. And she cut her, cut her foot really bad and her head was cut pretty bad too. So like shit's bananas. She hurry up, hurries up and changes, runs back. Tries to act like nothing fucking happened. To church. To church. Jesus. She's Bible literally school. Jesus. With her kid. And don't forget now, she also has Betty's other daughter oh, with shit. her. Yes, yeah, she sure does. Whoa. So they go to lunch. She goes to a lunch with some friends what? and the kids. Oh, my God. Just keeping all those appearances up, rocking and rolling, acting like nothing fucking happened. That's now, crazy. Now, in the Hulu show, right? You see her throw up at one point. Mm-hmm. And like zone out. Don't they Super even show terrifying, like, the out. blood drip down for a second or something? And that's, I read that too. Yeah. That like her head was cut pretty bad. Because you can't hide that. No. And her, <laughs> so she has shitty hair. So she <laughs> kind of like tried to hide it. Yeah. But. Oh my God. In yeah. the HBO one that her hair's not curly and I'm so mad about it. The other Olsen. Oh, I saw that too. The other Olsen. Like her perm they, they is like a, a, a staple. Like, that was who she was. What's the, the lawyer that did the OJ Simpsons, uh, Nicole Brown's lawyer? I couldn't tell uh, you. Oh, my God. You guys are yelling at I'm going to get nine text messages. Okay, anyway, keep going. Because they have the same haircut. Yeah, I the think perm, there's the one perm. photo of Candy with her hair like that. Like, literally, the real Candy. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like the Olsen chick was like, I refuse to have that shitty haircut. <laughs> and Jessica Beale was like, do it. I know, right? My husband's fucking Justin Timberlake. I don't give two fucks. <laughs> 
So I was curious because obviously like Jessica Biel was super thrown off. I'm going to talk about something else a little bit like further down that kind of implies. Well, here, I'll just say it. One of the neighbors that ends up finding Betty's body, they literally talk about how he saw Candy the next day and she was completely unfazed. That's nuts. Yeah. Whatever we saw in that show, I don't know that she reacted like that because for what it sounds like is she was completely chill. She compartmentalized it. I guess. Who knows? Now, as we know, Alan had left town just hours before Candy had visited, though his wife didn't want him to leave. As you had mentioned, he still did because supposedly his company made him. Not that we care about him. He fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Sidebar. They say, right, like there's a descriptor that I read where they were like, he wasn't particularly attractive. He wasn't ugly, but he wasn't good looking. Could you imagine being the actor? (laughs) <laughs> like they when were they like look, we, yeah like yeah. hey we need to pick somebody like the guy who did the love and death or whatever when you're oh my about. god he's with what's her face what is her, her kirsten dunst no that's her husband you're lying i'm not <gasps> oh. husband or, or boyfriend of 27 years like they've been together forever he, he used to be so cute in um friday night lights well when now he, he needs young. the friday night lights off Oh, he's real ugly now. And then she, like, in the show, she was like, he, he smells like sex. He smells like sex. And I'm like, Bleh. and her friend goes, Alan? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like, there, even in the show, her friend's like, what are you, why? I just couldn't imagine, like, my agent being like, hey, we want you to do this show. And then yeah. you, like, go through the descriptor and they're, like, not very attractive. You need to I'd read. Be like, Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> A few hours after arriving at his work destination, he calls his wife, but she doesn't answer. Mm-hmm. He's going to keep calling her over the next few hours, getting increasingly more concerned as each hour goes on. Mm-hmm. Now, he would make several calls over the next few hours with obviously no avail, but then he, he calls his neighbors, too. Asking them, like, please, will you go over and check on Betty and the girls? Like, she's not answering. You see in the Hulu special where the neighbors are annoyed, and in real life, they were. (laughs) I'm like, you fucking assholes. They were annoyed that he called them? Yeah, like, they did not want to go across the street and check on the neighbor at all. Which, like, just blows me away. Like, in the show, you're literally hearing Alan Like, panic from another state. Begging them to check on his wife, who stays at home with her baby, and they have a kid, and all this shit. Yeah. And the neighbor's like, um... I'm sure she's fine. She's probably out with friends and keeps doing this shit. And they yeah. really did do that. That I I thought they did that just for the show. That's I thought wild. they did too. No, it's real. Or at least from what I read, it is real. That, yeah. The neighbor did not want to fucking do it. Now, Alan also calls Candy. Of course he who does. Who advises him that Alyssa was staying the night with her. She told him that she saw Betty around 10 that morning and everything appeared to be fine. The neighbors had visited and reported back to Alan that everything seemed normal, but... As the afternoon had turned to evening, Gore became more insistent that those same neighbors needed to return and check again. The reason being is that the neighbors saw her vehicle and they like looked in the window and it seemed like it was fine. Like that was the assumption. Mm -hmm. Wow. They crushed it. Like they didn't even fucking look. So Richard Parker is one of the neighbors. He returns to the Gore home with two other men before. As I mentioned, they just looked in the window They saw that the vehicle was there, but this time they're like, why not try the front door? So I read that one of them was a realtor and he was like, well, let me get my realtor keys and maybe I can like unlock the front door. Like now they were kind of actually getting concerned because it had been so many hours. Whenever he goes, he finds that the front door is just unlocked. That's not Richard good. was immediately drawn to the whimpers of baby Bethany, oh. um, where they found her in the room dehydrated and weighted down with a soiled diaper. Oh. So a feces all over her. That's so sad. The baby hadn't been fed, held or taken care of for hours. Oh, that poor baby. The worst and the most sad part of all of it is that that baby had to sit in a crib for what probably ends up being like 10 hours. Yeah. Crying their their face oh. off. That's so sad. I know. 
they obviously are realizing like shit is amiss. Yeah. They slowly go through the rest of the house. There is a door that's like partially open to the side and they see Betty. She was soaked in blood. Her her face was obviously so disfigured and she was barely identifiable. At that point, the neighbors had thought that she was shot. That's what I thought. Yeah. 41 times. Yeah. Fucking. A murder of this magnitude was like crazy in Lucas, Texas. Yeah. Like they couldn't they couldn't wrap their head around it. At the end of the day, though, like, where do murders like this happen? Where are we like, oh, it was just a casual, horrible murder. Like, it's a sleepy little town right? until it wasn't. It's like, what, New York? You don't see, you don't hear anything about in New York people fucking axe murdering people in fucking apartments, do you? I don't know. Florida, though, man. Some weird shit happens in Florida. Florida, Florida and LA. Florida, we love you, but y'all do. Florida some, and LA. Y'all make some weird headlines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We have cocaine bear, but okay. Anyway, keep going. Although it is a freaking scary thought, the police wanted to believe that there was like a transient that had traveled through. And that's always the hope, right? That it wasn't somebody in their town, that it wasn't like a vindictive reason, but that they wanted to steal or pillage or do some shit. Well, that's probably like the not on my turf mentality. Yeah. Like the it was just a fluke, like a one off. Some an outsider came in and got her. Yeah. the fact that there wasn't forced entry, though, yeah, was the very first sign that they're like, fuck, it's somebody that she knew. Mm-hmm. The alternative was to point the finger at one of their own. And even that was even more terrifying to them. So they start to investigate heavily and they handled it very delicately. And they went by the book. Good. Is, is what I hear. That is that is very good. Yes. I'm glad you heard that. So the investigators were a tad put off by Alan's like super chill demeanor during his questioning. I think he was in shock. I also think he's a loser and (laughs) maybe has a little of the tism. Maybe. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And whenever we find out more about him afterwards, like, yeah, I kind of think he has some actual issues. Yeah. His wife had, had been murdered, but he apparently didn't show any of the typical emotions. There wasn't sadness, anger, a demand to solve the case, though. He was now a widower from a very, very violent crime. I mean, luckily he got ruled out and he had an automatic alibi. We'll talk about it more. So the police continue their investigation, questioning their friends and relatives, keeping those ears open to hear the gossip that, you know, is all over town. And of course, Candy's interviewed as well. Well, yeah. Facts are coming together now, like the fact that the killer did shower off and there was a rubber sandal print that was found next to the body. Oh, Although Alan had answered no to the question about an extramarital affair, because apparently that's in the top 10 questions that you could ask. Well, yeah. He ends up calling the investigators back later. He did. Yeah. And was like, and hey. he confesses to having an affair. And this is like, I wondered how this went down. So obviously it's an important piece. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, he had such a strong alibi. So he didn't have to tell the cops about that affair. They, I, but, I think, I think they were bound to find out somehow right but at the end of the day it would never make him look guilty yeah he was in another state yeah that's like, true you know like he came and he called back and he was like you know what i did have an affair and it was with this bitch yeah but at the end of the day a finger could have never been pointed at him that's true but you know we've seen enough of this shit though that like if if they would have found out and then he hid that, it makes him look guilty. Like he made her do it while he was out of town. You know what I mean? Like they could have yeah, went he a bunch of called different. Candy and been like, "Hey, I'm gonna like I'm he, warning you to tell you that I'm about to let like true right." Mm-hmm. And he's just like, "I'm gonna tattle on myself. Let yeah. people know that I was a whore to my wife that is now murdered dead." Yeah, he's kind of. I mean, he's kind of a little bitch though. But he's almost not because he admitted. 
Yeah. I'm, I can't tell you how many people wouldn't would never admit that to the cops until it came out. Yeah, I, I agree. It made that. him look bad. Yeah. He just seems like a little bitch. So he was probably like, I better tell. I don't like them. Anyway, <laughs> really? we're all that story. They're my favorite. I don't like them. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> so obviously they're going to come back and they're going to interview Candy and they're going to start yes. asking questions. She obviously had not mentioned the affair before because, does she's not a fucking idiot. Oh, my stars. Oh, God. Before returning to the police station for questioning, she did retain the services of a defense attorney, which is a fellow church member, Don Crowder. Despite her insistence, Betty was alive when they saw her earlier that day. And at this point, it's time for the cops to be like, well, honey, (laughs) was she? Because here's what we know. And she gets arrested. Ooh. Real fucking quick. They they figured it out pretty fast and loose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we say it. I don't have any dates, so I don't know how fast it really was. But as yeah. soon as they were like, wait, Candy, I wouldn't have guessed that. But now that we know that she had an affair, insert A, B, and C, and now it's all kind of clicking into place. Yeah. Apparently, a whole bunch of people are like, what the absolute fuck? And oh, then other yeah. people are like, whoo, at least they're off the streets. I'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. To go, I would, I would like to go back to 1980. And go to that church the day they found out that Candy was arrested oh, for killing Oh, could you Betty. imagine? New. No. Oh, my. Well, Pat Montgomery, the little hubby bear, yeah. he decides to stand by her throughout the entire trial. I feel like they're about appearances. Like I a- think that too much has happened and it's like sit by them. I I would be like rotten hell. <laughs> well, well I'll, I'd be yeah. swiping right from the like the courtroom. Sorry, Will. You fucked up. That's what I. So I was going to ask that. Would you stand by Will? If he cheated on me and then killed... If he cheated on you and is now at trial for murdering the... This would be like if... Husband of someone else. Yeah, it'd be like if... I can't even think about that. It would be like if... if, I was trying to think about this Yeah, if we had an affair. Oh, God. And then he murdered Travis. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I would... Then I would be in jail, too. That's what I'm but saying. You know what I mean? yeah. No, there's no fucking way. I, I couldn't think, do it. There's no way. I think I would stand by Travis pretty fucking far. I would too, but not for that. I don't know. It depends. I need to be proof. I need you to prove to me that he killed her or he killed them. I need, I need to know well, that yeah. he killed them. I'm not going to be like, well, I heard a rumor. Well, that's what I'm at saying. Church, he stood by her but through like, the trial to see if whether or not she'd killed him. That's wild. But let's keep going. So Don Crowder, he was an experienced civil litigation guy, and uh-huh. he broke every rule in the book defending his criminal client, oh. leaving a lot of people to wonder if, he, if she had made the right choice. But she really fucking did, because this bitch gets not guilty That with uh. all the evidence under the world. So Ryan and Don Crowder, so Ryan is the, not the defense, the prosecution. They are at odds from the get-go. On the first day of the trial, the judge fined Crowder for contempt for defying his ban against speaking with the media. And then Crowder was not like the, he wasn't a shy guy. He was not afraid of confrontation. And he was like a sniper, basically. Apparently, this shit was bananas because you had this crazy fucking church going Don, who's an asshole. It, so- it sounds like he's an asshole. Yeah. Just that's, saying. That's what I thought, too. And did. Oh, I said that Ryan was the prosecution. Sorry, Ryan was the judge. Judge Ryan was um, the one who, like, the judge and fucking the the defense attorney did not get along. Yeah. How the fuck they still get a not guilty? I know. Well, Tom O'Neill is the district attorney for Collin County. Uh-huh. He was only 39, but he has already, like, served nine years in the position. Yeah. And he was apparently, like, super competent and courtly, and he was not confrontational. 
Yeah. So now you have a fucking shark up against a smart turtle. <laughs> a smart turtle. That's all I got. Damn it. You might get to this and I don't. Did, yeah. Did she? Did, did Candy? Was there rumors that Katie slept with her attorney? Not that I saw. I feel like I read that somewhere. I didn't see it. Could have been a rumor. When it came time for her to testify, though, she was ready to blow people away. She talks about being confronted by Betty after her affair with her husband. Now, supposedly, she tries to reassure Betty that the affair was long ago, but Betty refuses to accept it. She then says that she came with her with an axe, explaining the deep cut on her toe. Only then did she become outraged and pissed the fuck off that she grabbed the axe and began to hit Betty. So supposedly... Betty comes at her and hits her foot. I don't fucking know how. And, yeah. you know, bonks her on the head. And now she's mad. She's like, oh, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. Bites her for the axe. Goes head to toe. Hits her over and over and over again. That's so much rage. But what if she hit herself on accident when she was hitting her? Well, then Candy said that Betty did a very odd thing. She whispered, shh. What? Just before she died. Maybe she was going to say... Is, I read that in multiple things. That she was like, shh. And I think she was trying to say, be quiet or killing me for my baby. Is my head... That's where my uh, head went. I also read that she wasn't pissed off until she was shushed. And that's when she killed her. Whoa. Yeah, like they got into a fight. And she was like, shh. My baby. She, yeah. And that's whenever she went crazy and what the chopped fuck? her up. And then, of course, in a panic, as we know, she she showered fully clothed. Trying to get all that fucking blood and gore off of her skin. She rushes yeah. home, changes her clothes, tosses everything in the washer and dryer, as we know, and she goes right back to church. That part is nutso. It was a riveting tale of self-defense. But most in attendance didn't believe the jury would buy it. So no one thought she would get away with it. No. After all, why didn't Candy just leave after taking the axe away from Betty? If it really was self-defense, why didn't she call for help afterwards instead of running away, hiding evidence, and leaving a helpless baby alone in a house for hours upon hours? That part is... Having no clue when Betty's body is going to be found. Right. That... Oh, God. There was something else that I read that there was like a five-year-old little kid that was like in the neighborhood that saw her leave. But like, of course, she said she was there, right? Yeah. She said she was there and they said that they saw her leaving. I don't Mm. know. Well, Candy Montgomery gets to walk out of the courtroom with her still husband, Pat Montgomery. as She gets the not guilty verdict. Did they unanimously agree that it was not guilty? I don't have I was just curious. And the entire time that they were walking out to the car, people were yelling murder. Uh, yeah. Of course, there's still a ton of questions. Mm -hmm. So Candy testified that Betty had confronted her with proof of the affair. Here's what I have. But a handwritten letter that Betty had sent to her parents just days before the murder mentioned her good friend, Candy Montgomery. (gasps) I didn't know that. Well, that's what I found. Who knows if it's true? Oh, my God. Well, yeah. So supposedly she didn't know. There's a huge, there's a concept that just days before she did not know. So what if... But also, too, they do say that she, like, Candy had kept calling Betty about getting that swimsuit for the sleepover, and she just wouldn't answer, and she wasn't being helpful. But she could have been just going through a postpartum depression. She, she just didn't want to fucking talk to people. Hated Candy, was or not hated her, but was kind of over her being little Miss Queen Bee, and yeah. just didn't want to fuck and with her. flirting with her husband and having long conversations yeah. with him. Yeah, and- just like, I'm kind of over you right now. And maybe. Who knows? Now, Alan also confirmed that his wife never confronted him about the affair. Really? And she he had left that morning, and she seemed fine. And yeah. there's no fucking way. 
that a, a woman who just had a baby who is postpartum is and is depressed would not be openly pissed the fuck off yeah. at her husband. Yeah. They said suspicions, but they never said what she did with them. And she could have just tried to keep it up for appearances or That's keep her family together. Some people just do it for that. Because of those two things, I 100% think that Candy, for whatever reason, lost her shit on her. She probably did. Maybe Betty made a comment like, oh, Alan and I did blah, blah, blah. You know, it's supposed yeah, to be like, your oh, best friend. Maybe great they, sex last yeah. night. Or average. Like, sorry, my back is sore. I sorry. threw it out last we went, night. We went 10 minutes of missionary instead of seven. It was real tasty. Because like, <laughs> I really got my rocks off. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. We say that, but I would never be like, I just had great sex to you. I'd want to no, die. That's a, <laughs> no. And I so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, she, and Candy had cut off the relationship. Yeah. So what happened? What happened in that house on June 13th, 1980? Nobody knows what that curly-headed bitch. Right. Well, Pat and Candy, they remain together after the trial. They sell their house, and they move east to Georgia. It's only temporary, though, as the couple eventually did divorce. Now, in the show, the Hulu one, didn't they mention that she had another affair with a different churchgoer? It was, I'm pretty sure it was. It was the churchgoer. Yeah, it was her. It was her. It was her actual best friend's husband. Is what they implied Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. the show. Yeah, it was another church guy. I didn't see that come off anywhere. She's keeping it all in the offering plate. (laughs) You ain't lying. Slinging that holy cat around. And I was going to ask you if if you saw that on your research, like that she did have an affair. And obviously, you said it was the lawyer, but the lawyer that was from memory. He was at the church though, too. Yeah, that was that one was from memory. I feel like they implied that it happened. They never came out and said that it happened. So. I didn't go all the way. Who knows then? Since I know you were bringing in the caboose, I didn't, I kind of threw the e-brake and stopped. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. As you know, too, Candy lives in Georgia and goes by her maiden name of Candace Wheeler now. I bet she fucking does. She works alongside her daughter, Jenny, as a mental health therapist to teens and adults who are suffering from depression. Are you fucking kidding me? I know you knew this because this is a thing that's been riling you up. Yeah. This, this has been It's been fucking, eating at me. Pouring down rain on a fluffy cat in the backyard of your life. <laughs> well, I, how? How are you a mental? You hit someone with an axe 41 she, times. At the end of the day, she doesn't have a felony. She has no misdemeanor. She has no record. Yeah. They, she changed her last name. But still, How would you know that's her? I mean, back then, My biggest no. thing, how do you know it's her? Now, you would not. Like, now, no, yeah. Google we, image search. I love search. you and we say it, yeah. but how many people have we looked up and we couldn't find them online after this? A million of them. That's true. God, though. So you can get away with it. I, I that just, crazy little kid that killed all those other little kids. We can't find her now. And she has a damn daughter. Oh, yeah. You know, like they're mm-hmm. off living their lives. That's insane. I, I just, know. Like, I can see snapping and like punching somebody in the face, like losing it, quote unquote, hitting someone with your hand and then being like, oh, my God, I just punched you. Not hitting someone with an axe for like fucking candy Borden over here. Like, what are you doing anyway? Crime and passion. Yeah. Keeping in mind, like all it did was take that one hit and then she just kept going. And that's we, we have seen overkill in so many things. Yeah. And overkill only happens when it's a crime of passion. That's true. She was probably jealous and angry of her because she had the guy that for whatever reason she wanted. Yeah. Which still once more makes no sense because it was shit sex and he was ugly. <laughs> I'll never get it. I'll never I won't, get it. I won't either. Well, Candy's attorney, Don Crowder, he ends up committing suicide. So he commits suicide in 1999, wow. which is 19 years later. So we can't say that this had anything to do with that. Yeah. Everyone has their own demons. As of December 2010, Pat Montgomery, who is now known as James Montgomery, which sounds better anyway, he was employed with EMS Technologies Defense and Space Division in Georgia. 
So they're all in Georgia, just mm-hmm. different places in Georgia. Yeah. Maybe you want to be close to the kids still or something. I can tell you. Oh, uh, that would make sense. But they're also adults now. So. Well, still, though. Maybe he wants to. That's weird. The f- I mean, that's you so want to be within driving distance of your of your kids? Yeah. I, t- I really I really find that weird. Yeah. Like if my parents would have relocated because I moved to Florida, I'd be like, y'all are fucking psychos. Like, let me live my <laughs> life. Like, I get what we're doing. Like, I'm 35. Travis is almost 40. And we want to be within driving distance to our parents as they age. But when they're 20, let yeah. them live. Now, Alan Gore, stupid fucking fuck cunt, because I hate him. And I hate him even more. He remarried. During the time between his wife's death and Candy's fucking trial. That's what I thought. And they show it in the Hulu movie. Yes, they do. Where that weird little church lady pops up in there. She brings him a casserole, doesn't she? Yeah, and then never leaves. Yeah. And she's, she's like, like, don't like, eat food, you fat little girl. Literally, do you remember that? Yeah. Tells her, tells <laughs> Alan and Betty's daughter not to eat a second helping or something because she didn't want her to gain weight. So yeah, he literally yeah. gets married like 25 minutes after his wife gets murdered because thought. he's shit and yeah. I fucking hate him. Yep. But I do wonder if he has a big penis. I mean, if it's just meh anyway, then how, it doesn't matter how big it is. I mean, 100%. <laughs> we all know it's not about the sign. That's bull. I mean, shit. Yeah, anyway. Bullshit. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. He wasn't good looking. I don't know. Maybe because he was smart and he made, I bet it was the money. I bet that's what it was. It could have been because money. Because back or- then it was really important for a guy to be able to take care of you financially. Yeah, I mean, he was smart. He had a good, maybe he was just really attentive to her. Because Candy was so attentive to his wife. Yeah, right. Well, Candy, her husband was kind of dismissive. Pat was kind of yeah. like, she kept trying to like rub up on him. He's like, what are you, why are you touching I'm me? To watch TV. Yeah. And then he would just watch his shows and she's like, well, fuck you then. I'm going to go daydream about. I'm going to go the- fuck the neighbor. <laughs> well, despite his remarriage, he ends up losing custody of his girls to his former in-law. So Betty's parents get his kids. Why? I didn't find out. Oh. And then soon he becomes estranged from them. I mean, yeah. How would you be able to look your in-laws in the eye? if? Oh, no. She... The kids. Oh, the kids. Yeah. So eh. the, the kids go to his grandparent or his their grandparents. Yeah. And they do not talk to their dad. And I wouldn't either. I don't think Real I would talk, either. If my, if my mom was murdered because my dad's extramarital affair. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. I think I'd be the same way. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently recently, this is the truly, I read this in multiple places that now they believe maybe they are having a relationship between each other because they are currently friends on Facebook. Wait, who's friends on Facebook? Alan Gore and his daughters. Oh, but people are still following this enough to confirm that Alan is now friends with his kids on Facebook. Whoa. Well, it got stirred up again after the, the other Olsen came out of the woodwork and did that. So now people are re-looking at it because I didn't even think about it until the Jessica Beale show. Yeah. Well, I read that he currently lives in Eastport, Maine, and he has a different wife named Lindy McClellan Moore. Now, Alyssa Gore, now known as Lisa Harder, the one of the daughters. The swimsuit girl. Which I, all these name changes, Alyssa Gore to Lisa Harder, because obviously she's married to a, a successful building contractor. They live together in Newton, Kansas with their two, cu- their two cons, their two sons. <laughs> Bethany Gore, she married in 2012 and became known as Mrs. Chad Mickey. Wow. The couple resides in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh. And Charles was- Baum Pomeroy. I don't know who that is. But he was listed as one of the key, like, where are they now people? And I don't know who he is. Pomeroy? Was yeah. that the... He passed away in June uh, I, of, of 2003. June 13th, same day. 
but 2003. Wow. Now, let's toss a few random fun facts because I just can't help myself. Okay. So, Candy Montgomery killed Betty Gore on June 13th, 1980, which incidentally happened to be a Friday. So it was Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. Considering the sudden nature of the crime and how it ensued, the date falling on Friday the 13th was likely coincidental. Yeah. Strangely, though, investigators had also discovered a newspaper at Betty Gore's place opened at a poster featuring The Shining. I forgot about this. Where Nicholson's character chases his wife with an axe. Yes. So they found that to be like just kind of wild. It's a little suspect. Yes. Um, As you guys know, there are tons of shows out currently, but 1984, there was a very well uh, researched book that came out super detailed. It's from reporters, John Bloom and Jim Atkinson. It's called evidence of love, a true story of passion and death in the suburbs. They spent a ton of time interviewing witnesses and going to the trial. If you ever want to hear it, here it is. Yeah. And then of course, as you know, they did in 1990, a made for television movie called a killing in a small town. And it showed, of course, recreation of it. And then the last two things that we currently know of as well. So lots of fun material. Of all the names they could have picked for that documentary or that show, you said it was Killing in a Small Town. All of them are, right? I mean, that is like... The most generic. That is literally... But this is a generic... If you stop, but minus the axe, this is copy and paste of everything else that happens. Except it was a shitty affair. It's like an episode of Snapped. But in a boring way. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for a church going like the factors of it is that they were friends and that they were churchgoers and it was mom of the year. And but when you dig into the the meat and potatoes, you're like, wow, this is not even a deliciously salted piece of meat. It's like a normal one. Yeah. I never thought about it like that. <laughs> until just, well, it's just a death in a small town. Same shit. Right? Killing in a small town. Yeah. Well, y'all. That was the story of Kenny Montgomery. Really? The murder of Betty Gore. Yes. Wow. Fuck. Ain't that the truth. I know. Now I'm going to go home and finish. I totally want to watch a lot of shows. Oh, yeah. Well, in our love nest. (laughs) In the love nest. (laughs) Right now, I think uh, the Heat's playing Denver in the finals, and that's what we'll be watching. Yay. What is that? No, I love the finals. Yeah. I do love, like, basketball finals. Oh. Have fun. Oh, I will. (laughs) I'm going to have so much fun. How do you feel? How do I story? Oh, I feel good. I feel like we... I feel like it's good. I feel good. I yeah. think I think the crime that should have happened that makes more sense to have happened would have been Betty killing Candy. Mm-hmm. The fact that the affair was over makes no sense to me as to why Betty was killed at all. Well, I, don't I don't understand they, that. They said that they were bad, but like who Everything knows if you would I read, like, but what I read too is that they had agreed that it was over. Yeah. And that he was truly working on his marriage. They, yeah, but. And that's probably why she was so pissed off, even though she's the one that ended it. Yeah. I think she, and I think she liked control. So she was, she came back to him a few days later after he said he wanted to stop, but he wouldn't say, come out and say he wanted to stop. And then she was like, it's kind of like, no, I broke up with him. Like she said, oh no, we're going to stop. But she probably still said, I mean, she said she loved him like two weeks before that so i mean she couldn't just flip that off just because he was like no i want to stay with my wife who knows you can fake it though who knows? yeah i mean it's true this is, this is also true you know what else is true what is i'm going to see my family in michigan so we are gonna take Valid. a pause mm-hmm. and put a pin in this for a week and repost our top episode that you all like so 
The number one episode? The number one. Ooh. They're neck and neck right now, so we're going to wait and see till there's two that are for the running. Ooh. Mm -hmm. If if there's one you want to hear again. Yeah. Y'all go back and replay. (laughs) Y'all go back and replay. We're going to replay it for your listening pleasure. Yes. And then the one after that. We're wild carding again, and those are always my favorite because they're just completely different and fucking awesome. Oh yeah, mine's got a twists and turns. So what year's yours? I don't. I don't know. Eighties, nineties, <laughs> nothing. Eighties, nineties, and today, I couldn't tell you the year. Oh okay. Yeah, I have no. It's not like an old timey one. I'm thinking seventies. Mm, okay. Ish. I wanted to see because I was like, oh, maybe I'll do the same time frame, or maybe I won't. Uh, who knows? Well. <laughs> well, I just finished my research today, so I'll be waiting until another week before I start considering it. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you yes. so much for listening. We appreciate all the support. You will be seeing some of our awesome photos from our photo shoot coming out shortly. Yes. We may even be tweaking our logo, so don't be surprised whenever you see those changes coming up because we are super pumped about it. Yes, and subscribe, please, and then tell everyone you know. We promise Absolutely. it's worth it. We promise. It'll be great. <laughs> we love you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. Theodore, can I put that go?